We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. It's 135 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you down in uh, Los Angeles. The Oilers' quick uh, two-game road trip, L.A. and Anaheim back-to-back. Edmonton, five straight losses. They need to get it uh, Turn around here. It won't be easy. The Oilers are 0-3 against the uh, L.A. Kings so far this season. They did beat Anaheim in overtime earlier this year in a game in which Leon Dreisettle had three points and was stellar all night. Panahut Express with catering options for every event, meetings, parties, or even that forgotten family gathering. Visit PanahutExpress.net or call 780-473-3663. Uh, it will be tonight Jonathan Quick in goal for the Kings. He's lost once in regulation in 23 decisions against the Oilers, against Cam Talbot, who's 1-4 lifetime against L.A. We expect Anders Nielsen, uh, who beat Anaheim earlier this year in uh, overtime on a goal by Teddy Purcell, uh, to start tomorrow against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So I believe we've hooked up with Jimmy Fox, longtime L.A. Kings uh, television uh, analyst. Jimmy, how you doing? We're hanging in there. You're hanging in there. First question for you. Uh, as a, uh, a personal aside, what's the update on your uh, legendary uh, play-by-play partner, Bob Miller, and his health situation? Yep, Bob's doing fine. Uh, he had, uh, as most people know, quadruple bypass. Uh, so it's um, he's progressing fine. He's feeling better every day. He's up walking. He's been back home now for a while. Uh, I think uh, this weekend get a chance to go and see him for the first time. So uh, I think everything's progressing normally with Bob. Uh, I think uh, most people that have undergone the surgery understand it's a pretty big procedure. But at the same time, if everything goes normal, you feel a lot better coming out of it. And, uh, you know, there's no timetable. I think that if everything goes great, Bob would be back just at the end of the season, into the first round of the playoffs. If not, uh, Bob has said he's not going to push it. He'll wait till next year. Next year is the Kings' 50th anniversary as a franchise, so that's for something very important to Bob, who's been around so long. So he's doing great. He's going to take his time, and he's going to get back healthy. All right, super news. Uh, now, the uh, the L.A. Kings, uh, the L.A. story, the Kings are, are going pretty good. The Kings had a wide margin in the standings for a while, but the Ducks have been coming on uh, a house on fire since uh, Christmas. They've been the best team in the NHL. But, Jimmy, from your perspective, how would you assess the Kings' performance of late? Well, I think of late, I think it's been Kings hockey. I think it's been solid. I think it's been very consistent. They went on a road trip and were a seven game road trip was three three and three. Excuse me, three three and one. <laughs> I've got to add correctly there. Uh, but the one thing they did, they played solid deep. And that's the way they're gonna approach things. I think you know and people who follow the Kings know that, you know, they may pick up the offense every once in a while, but they're not gonna change their style to do so. They're very confident. They have a lot of belief in sticking to the game plan and the structure and the defense, and that's the way they're going to win games. So even though it was 500, on the trip they played three three games in a row. They played against number one, number two, number three goals against the average team in the league. So in all seven teams were above 500 and in playoff position. So it was not an easy uh, road trip as far as the opposition and the records. Uh, so I think they did pretty well. The, the offense, you know, it's always in the back of your mind as a concern, but then – the defense wins them games. So that's the way they're approaching things, and uh, they'll probably do that again tonight. 
They made a, a, an interesting trade, and some might say a bit of a gamble, picking up Vincent LeCavier and uh, Luke Shen. Uh, Shen is a right shot, which is important in terms of getting your lefty-righty combinations. Uh, from your perspective, maybe comment on how the team has either progressed or, uh, or, or been challenged. I mean, I don't know. How's LeCavier and Shen played for L.A. since coming aboard? Well, I think everything's been fine. I think it's been probably exceeding expectations in a few different areas. Uh, first of all, the, the offensive production of Vinny LeCavier, and especially on the power play, especially early. Uh, he scored, some, you know, I think, more goals than everyone thought he was going to. You mentioned people feeling it was a gamble. I think, you know, Dean Labardi, when he made the deal, said, said so himself. You know, uh, it was one of those things where they were looking for a fit and for a role. When you make a deal like that, especially when the Cavalier is involved, everyone, you know, the first thing is fine. He's not what he once was. Well, we know that. We know that. We've seen what's going on. Uh, it's a matter of Daryl Sutter loves big sentiment. And I think early on in his career when Vinny was known as a skilled guy who had decent size, right now the Kings just care if he's a big guy who shows decent skill. And that's a little bit of a change. Uh, and he's been giving that. And he's been taking some face-offs. He's been a you know front net man on the power play, so he's been doing that. As far as Luke Shen, I think uh, you're right. It's a fit issue, and that's what Daryl talked to Daryl Sutter yesterday about that. And he feels that with the mobile guys the Kings have in Dowdy and Martinez and Muzzin, you need the stay-at-home guys too. And that's where Luke comes in. Actually, I think Luke has been playing in the last three to four games his best hockey. For whatever reason, I think in the defensive zone when he's making contact, it's been hit, stop the man, and separate him from the puck. He's been very effective that way. So gamble, yes. Uh, at the same time, uh, filling a, a spot and filling a role. And, uh, you know, anytime you can do that. Uh, you know, the Kings went on a, about two weeks before Christmas for about a six-week period. They went on a little tear there where I think Dean Lombardi looked up and said, you know what? We've got a pretty good chance again. You know, it's one of those. Is the window still open to really and truly contend for a Stanley Cup? And I think Dean came to that assessment, and that's when he tried to fill some holes. On that note, do you see LA looking to add at the trade deadline, Jimmy? I do. I do. I think it's going to be difficult because of all the situations that arise due to salary cap and looking forward yeah. and who you're going to sign and and also. The cupboard is a little bit bare, understandably so. Again, the Kings have won two Stanley Cups recently, so when you do that, you know, you're making trades at deadlines, which means you're giving up young assets and draft picks and things of that sort. So, But having said that, I think that uh, I think Dean is, I don't know if it's going to end up in anything, but I think he's very active looking right now. I, I really do. And, and if anything, you know, Gabbert goes down with the injury, and that really gives you a hole offensively because Marion was kind of a unique player for the Kings. Uh, doesn't fit the mold of the Kings, you know, prototypical forward. He was more of that skill guy. So it's very difficult to replace. Now, having said that, I still think, just based on the time on ice, and I'm just going on that, I haven't asked Dean, I haven't asked Daryl Sutter about it, but just going on time on ice, I think they want Drew Doughty's time to be managed a little bit better. So to me, that tells me they're looking for a defenseman. And uh, they had one that didn't pan out in Christian Erhoff. And you wonder if somebody would take that contract back if they were to move out of D and then in turn uh, potentially get a secondary asset uh, 
in, in a deal that way. Just to wrap up, Jim, uh, Jim Fox joining us, former LA Kings player, longtime television analyst, Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Anjai Kopitar gets the uh, eight-year contract extension at $10 million. Now, I have the Kings right now. Uh, at roughly $62 million worth of contracts, 10 forwards, 4 defense, and 1 goaltender. But that includes Le Cavier, who has stated that he will retire at the end of the year. So that would basically knock L.A. down to about six, $60 million. Um, can the L.A. Kings, in your opinion, find a way to get Milan Lucic re-signed because he's been a good fit here so far? I think they can. But I think the numbers would tell you that they'll probably have to be someone that is on the current active roster that would probably have to go because of the contract situation. So I don't necessarily think, and I'm looking ahead, and other guys are going to have to sign along with Milan. I think that um, the numbers will tell us that it would be virtually impossible to do so. So it's going to be someone else. It's going to be, I don't know who, but it would be a player that's currently playing on the roster. Uh, so that's where it's going to be tricky. I think Milan has come in and really caught the attention of the Kings. Uh, that last road trip I was talking about, I think he was the most consistent forward the Kings had. And uh, for that reason, uh, of course, the Kings got him for a reason. They, they liked the way he played. But uh, in all honesty, I think he's shown a little bit more than they expected. And so for that reason, I think they're very active trying to sign him. All right. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Jim, we'll see you down there in about four hours, okay? Okay, Bob. We'll see you later. Thanks. That's Jim Fox, longtime LA Kings television analyst. Wonder what happens to a guy like Kyle Clifford or or Pearson, somebody like that that sort of right now appears to be boxed out of the top six with Los Angeles. Off to uh, a quick timeout, and when we come back on Oilers Now, Jerry Fleming, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, 148 in Edmonton. Let's go to the day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 36 years, offering great package tours on river cruising in Europe for 2016. February 25th, 2015, the Bakersfield Condors announced they're staying in Bakersfield as an American Hockey League franchise. That's just Day in Order's history brought to you by New West Travel. We've got great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call a friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com. And we got the New West Travel Oilers now road trip down here in SoCal as well, taking in the two games in two nights. Jerry Fleming is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. He joins us right now. Jerry, how you doing? Doing well, Bob. How are you today? Good. Well, in the last week, uh, we've talked about uh, Jujar Kera and Jordan Osterley the most. So uh, right now you've got players on your team hoping that uh, we're going to talk about them as the next guys potentially uh, coming up to Edmonton. Uh, give us a quick update on J.J. Kera, who not sure he's going to play today, but uh, chance we'll see him tomorrow. Uh, how's he performed for your group down he's in uh, Bakersfield? Well. He's been playing well, Bob. Uh, he's been protecting the puck. He's been doing all the things that uh, – You'd like that typical power forward uh, player to do. He's been protecting the puck. He's been driving the net. Uh, he's been creating offense. He's been strong defensively. His face-offs have been good. He's uh, he's getting better. Like you can just see his confidence growing with uh, every day that he steps on the ice. Uh, so you met, you mentioned the face-offs, and uh, how much center versus wing has he played? 
he's played a lot more center down here. Uh, we're we're kind of thin down the middle right now, so JJ's been uh, you know a big part of our our, our centerman. Like he's uh, he's our guy down the middle. Sometimes when guys get a cup of coffee in the National Hockey League, they go down to the minors and there's a drop off in their performance. Uh, based on the numbers that Kara has put up of late, that has hardly been the case. It's been the exact opposite, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been uh, like his confidence has just grown uh, since he's been back. Uh, you know, his practice habits, just everything that he's just taken it to a different level since he's been back. So good on him, and hopefully he can uh, get in a game and perform well. Jordan Osterley played over 18 minutes in his first game for the Oilers the other night against the Ottawa Senators, and I know you were, uh, I believe your exact quote was, he's been our best defenseman for the last six weeks. So you're probably pleased when you see guys like Kara and Osterley get rewarded. Definitely. Uh, you know, and it just sends a message to the rest of the team that if you're going to come down and you're going to play the right way, you're going to do the right things, and you're going to really try to make strides in your game in areas where you need to make strides and improve, uh, you know, in those areas and get better, that it's nice to see those guys get rewarded for that hard work and hopefully they can go up there and perform well. There's a couple other guys that spent some time in Edmonton with the Edmonton Oil Kings and uh, and briefly in the case of Laurent Brassois here, more time for Griffin Reinhardt, uh, but they've been with the Oilers this season as well. Maybe just give us uh, your perspective uh, on on Brassois and on, on Griffin right now. LB's been good. LB's been uh, really good. Uh, you know, there were there things in his game that, uh, for a little bit, since he'd been named to the All-Star team, there were things that we wanted to work on. Uh, you know, so he worked with uh, Sylvain Rodrigue and, you know, was in communication with him just with his rebound control and tracking. And you could really, you know, see a, a, a big improvement in his game in those areas. And, you know, LB's a big part of our team and a, a big reason for our success down here. So, uh, it's nice to see LB come in and, and just his work ethic. He's really, really, really uh, focused on, on things in his game that he needs to improve so that when he does go up there, you know, he'll uh, he'll be an everyday goaltender in the NHL. And that's his goal. And he's come down and he's working on those things every day. Reinhardt? Griff, Griff's been good. Griff's been really good. His attitude's been great. Um, you know, he's been uh, really competing in practice. Uh, we've used him in all situations in the game, power play, PK, uh, late in the game, up or down a goal, and he's uh, responded well. Um, he's just uh, coming down here. He, he knows he's down here for a reason, and there's certain things in this game that he needs to work on, and he's been making strides in those areas that uh, need improvement. Griffin spent some time, Jerry, on, as a right defenseman when he played for the Edmonton Oil Kings. The Oilers have on the left side, uh, left shots include Andre Sekera, who can play both sides, uh, Oscar Clefbaum, who, of course, is out, uh, and then Darnell Nurse. Um, I know you've mostly played Griffin on the left side. Have you had a chance to throw him over on the right side at all? And would there be any direction from uh, Oilers management to perhaps have Griffin uh, get some games in on the right side? We have all left-handed shots down here, so Griff's played both uh, left and right. Oh, he has. But there's, there's, okay. yeah, there's been no mandate to uh, play him on either side, uh, and Griff feels comfortable on both sides. That's good to know. Uh, Rob Klinkhammer, uh, he's rediscovered his scoring touch. I mean, he's outproducing at the HL level that he did when he was there before. Yeah, uh, I remember him from Rockford uh, when he was with uh, Chicago. And, you know, we used to sit and watch, and it's like, how does this guy not play in the NHL? Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a beast at our level. He really is. His, his stride, his, his power in his skating, uh, the way he controls the game, uh, he really, really does uh, perform well down here. 
All right. Give us a schedule, uh, Jerry, coming up uh, this weekend for you. Play Friday and Saturday, and then we have the week off. We don't play till the following uh, Saturday, Sunday in San Jose. We're both. Are you both home? Home. Yeah, yeah, we're both home this weekend. All right, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I hear you coming to the game tonight, so we'll see you here tonight. Sounds great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That's Jerry Fleming, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. And that wraps up the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. It'll be the Edmonton Oilers and the L.A. Kings tonight. Uh, and so uh, Reed Wilkins will have inside sports for you beginning at 6 o'clock, and then we'll get into uh, the uh, face-off show a little bit later. Up next on 6.30, Chad, a news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell. Eileen, I apologize for uh, going uh, about a minute and a half too long at the uh, 1.30 update. And uh, afterwards, Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross with the 6.30, Chad, afternoon news. So long for now from Los Angeles. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.